0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out.
1: going to be continuing tonight on the heels of last night as we continue through our study in the book of Titus together, okay? So you guys can get your Bibles ready by opening up there. But before we do that, before we continue in our time in the word together and before we continue worshiping with our ears, let's go before the Lord and lend our hearts to him in a word of prayer. Lord, you are a good God and we know that your presence is is here because we are gathered in your name, Jesus Christ. And so we ask you to come into this place, and if there be any hard hearts here, that you would soften them, that you would convict them, that you would help them to see, God, the greatness of your plan for their lives and what you have for them that's better than they could ever ask for or imagine, God. I pray that you would help them, Jesus Christ, to see you more clearly. Help us to love you, God, with all of our hearts, like you've asked of us. Transform us and help us to be a good church together. We love you very much, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to start off with a question. How are you living your life How you live reflects what has happened in your life. So how are you living? And now this is true of every single person in this room. How you live now is a reflection of what's happened in your past. Some of you have come in this room with hurt and pain in your heart. And if I were to look at you, you don't look like Jesus. You look like the hurt and pain you've gone through. For some of you in this room, you are living like Jesus. And so when I look at you, what I see is Christ. Maybe that's what I'd see is that relationship with Christ, the cleansing blood. How you live reflects what has happened in your life. Jesus even says he who is forgiven much is going to love much. Tonight, I'm calling you to do the right thing. To commit yourself to Jesus Christ and to submit yourself to Him as Lord. I'm calling you not to do the easy thing, but the right thing. I've found in my life, in my walk, not just with Christ, but in this world as as a human being, it's not easy. Let me not use that word, but it seems easy sometimes. Easy enough, I guess, to just not do the wrong thing, right? To, to live your life in such a way that people think you're a good person. Maybe you're not greedy, you don't steal. You know, you never killed anybody. So generally, you're good at not doing the wrong thing. But, let me tell you, I don't care who you are in this room. It is hard to do the right thing. To passively just not do the wrong thing, okay, we can get by doing that. But when God calls you to take a step of faith, to get out of your chair and to walk forward, or to go talk to that person that you know is in sin, or to to talk to your family members about Jesus, you're great with being a moral person, right? But then doing that right thing, that's hard. And it gets hard. But Jesus is here to strengthen you. When I was a kid, I was raised in a pastor's home. My whole entire life, my parents were teaching me the Bible, teaching me about Jesus. My dad started out in, well, he didn't start out in Virginia. I guess I started out in Virginia because that's where I was born, okay? (laughs) And then when I was one year old, one years old, we moved out to uh, California and my dad was a church planter. And there, as my dad was church planting and my parents were in ministry, I made a young decision, but I didn't really know the fullness of the decision I was making. I didn't really understand the gospel, and I don't want to bash anybody in here who did make a genuine decision when they were young. I'll just let you know, after I was older and I fully understood the gospel, I knew that when I was younger, I didn't get the gospel. You understand? So I was six years old, I made a young decision, and... uh, Later on, when I was 11 years old, I got baptized in the Pacific Ocean. Now, if there's a cool place for you to get baptized, it's the Pacific Ocean, okay? And so everyone around me thought I was saved. But then something happened. Something radical. It was God's plan. My dad accepted a pastoring position in Miami, Florida. We drove all the way across the country, got to stop at the Alamo. I thought that was pretty cool. Drove all the way across country, and then we entered Miami. I remember I had Will Smith Miami playing on the the soundtrack. I don't know if you remember that song. And then my brothers, being my brothers, we were a bunch of boys, my brothers started singing, Take Me Down to the Paradise City, where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Okay? And we were in the Paradise City, we were in Miami, Florida. But you know what? God had a plan. When I was there, I was in a youth group. So, youth group is something special. Send your kids to youth group. I was in a youth group, and the youth pastor—he started preaching. Well, one of the youth pastors started preaching. He said, "You know about God like you know Michael Jordan. You can name the stats. You can you can give the Bible verse from the Sunday school lesson." You went to Awana's, you know about him from a distance, but you don't know him like you know your father. And when that preacher said that, it's like the Lord spoke right to my heart. Because I started to think, do I know God this way? And I'm like, no, I know him from a distance. I'd know him like I know Sunday school verses. I went to Awana's. I don't know God that way. And when I realized I didn't know God in the way that the youth pastor was teaching about how to know God, and that the gospel, Jesus dying on the cross for my sins, the whole point was for me to come into a relationship with God, okay? When I realized I didn't know God, I realized when that epiphany happened, oh my gosh, I'm not a Christian. And everyone thought I was a Christian, and I wanted to hold on to my old testimony. I mean the Pacific Ocean, right? Come on. My dad was a pastor. My my parents were in ministry. It would be something heavy to give that up, to do the right thing and to follow Jesus. they had heard my testimony previously. I mean, I had a lot of weight in the game. I was a 13-year-old kid, right? (laughs) No, but that's how you're thinking when you're going through these things. There's a lot of pressure. And I remember... I was listening to a sermon by Greg Laurie, he's a famous evangelist, called Immortality. And he talked about how you spend eternity in one of two places, either heaven or hell. But the way he described hell, it finally clicked for me. He said, hell is eternal separation from God. And I started to think about what eternity meant. And I started to think in my mind, okay, let's see, the furthest out I can go in my mind and think about eternity. And I just couldn't fathom Eternal separation from God. Now, remember, previously I wanted this relationship with God. I was afraid of what people would think of me. But then when I started thinking about eternity, it became a no brainer. I was like, what am I doing? It is not worth it. So on the floor of my room, as a 14 year old, I gave my life to Jesus. Now, I'm not that old when I was 14. You know, right? So, but I understood the gospel. One thing happened that day, it blew me away. The Holy Spirit came rushing in my life. I knew from a distance, and I believe from a distance, like the demons believe. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross. But then I knew. When I accepted Christ for real, and I handed my life over to Jesus to know Him personally in a relationship. The Holy Spirit came into my heart and it blew me away. I was like, I knew it was real. Now I know it's real. It floored me. I ran around my house that day. Nobody was home, so I was like, I was so ecstatic. I was jumping for joy and singing. I was filled with the Spirit of God, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's all real. I know God. And then after that, I wasn't perfect, I wasn't sinless, but my life started to bear fruit. I couldn't help but share with my friends. And it wasn't just like a little fruit, like you can do if you come to church every now and again, I started, like, a Bible study. My friends started coming to know Jesus. It was awesome. Praise the Lord. It was really cool. I knew God. I know God. You can know God, too. Amen. Do you know God, or do you know about God? Do you know Him like you know your father, or do you just know Him from a distance like you know Michael Jordan? Or LeBron James, we can update that. When God's life gives you life, when Christ comes into your heart, God's power works. The scripture guarantees this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance, until the redemption of those who are God's possession the praise of his glory. When the Bible says something and you experience it to be true, you start trusting the Bible more and more and more, right? And that's exactly what happened. I want to show you something. We're going to have some fun today, okay? Alright, so I got some stuff here. I don't know if you know what this is. It's a kiddie pool. I'm going to come down in front of you guys so everyone can see. And this here Oh, you're in the splash zone. You should, haven't you learned to be a Baptist yet? You're not supposed to be there. I'm just kidding. Okay, so I've got two drinks here. I have Diet Coke and I have water, okay? And we're going to open both of these drinks. Maybe I can get a volunteer. You want to you help me? All right, come on, bud. I don't want to get my uh, jacket dirty either. Yeah, here, you're just going to put this right in the middle there. Sometimes when God calls you to do something... And he calls you to do it his way. Sometimes we don't do it God's way, do we? So God says, Hey, I want you to share Christ and do the right thing. Share Christ with your family. Or I want you to be a bigger part of this, this church body. I want you to be more, I want you to serve more here. Right? Because that would be doing the right thing. You know, yeah, I'm a pretty good person though. I don't need to. No, I want you to do more. I'm the Lord of your life. You know, God says. And so sometimes we hear him say that, and we say, yeah, that's all well and good. And he's saying, do the right thing. So let this uh, Diet Coke represent the right thing to do, and let the water just represent the easy thing to do. And God says, I want you to do the right thing. And say, okay, I'll do it. And we, we fool ourselves. We deceive ourselves into thinking that what we're doing is good enough. But the problem is, if we do things that aren't what God wants us to do, we don't do it his way, we expect to see power, and there's nothing. We can make a nice... Church, maybe, like with people that hang out with one another, but the problem is God's power is not going to work unless we do God's will, God's way. Okay, but then you do. You finally say, okay, forget it. I'm going to do the right thing. So for me, think about my testimony. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept Christ. Who cares about the pressure I'm, you know, that, my, that I get from being a pastor's kid? I'm going to do it. Then all of a sudden you're overflowing with, with rivers of living water like Jesus guarantees in John 4. So what happens when this happens? Oh, I don't want to get out of the way here. When we do God's will, God's way. That was quick. That was way quicker than I thought it was going to be. There's power in it. Now that was fun, wasn't it? A little science experiment. When you do God's will, God's way, you see the power of God work. When you don't do God's will, God's way, and you think you're doing God's will, I mean, it's like throwing Mentos into water. <laughs> Nothing happens, okay? But we fool ourselves. We deceive ourselves into thinking we're doing the right thing. And, and God says, no, do it my way. You can't, you can't just do it how you want to do it. You have to do it how God wants to do it. He's Lord. We're servant. If you let God have his way with you, it will look a certain way. How you live reflects what's happened in your life. You might think I can do better, but that's like putting Mentos into the water bottle. You can't do better than God. Nothing's going to happen if you do that. But when you do God's will His way, His power comes through. And look, it comes through pretty immediately if you want to take that analogy. It's fast. (laughs) In other words, there's a way that is appropriate for you to act that accords with sound doctrine. So you've accepted the gospel. Well, there's a way that God has given us, the Apostle Paul shows us when he's talking to Timothy, that accords with sound doctrine. You can't just do it your way. Look at what Titus chapter 2, verse 1 says. He's saying, let's get that Baptist air conditioning going. Come on, open up those Bibles. I want to hear those pages flapping. There you go. I like it. Music. Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Look at how Paul opens his letter to Titus. He says, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. So that means there's certain behaviors that women, men, older women, younger women shouldn't be doing that is inappropriate to sound doctrine. That doesn't reflect how God wants us to look as a church. And when we don't do God's will, God's way, we don't see the power of God work. You, however, must teach or speak what is appropriate or consistent with sound doctrine. Paul gives orders for different age groups, then, that we're going to see here in this chapter. And first, Paul addresses older men and older women. The way that's appropriate to sound doctrine for older men and women is this, Titus chapter 2, verse 2. Teach the older men to be temperate, to be sober, worthy of respect or honorable, to be self-controlled and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Older men, you have a responsibility to live your life in such a way that accords with sound doctrine, in such a way that shows that you actually believe the gospel. All right, let's see. Keep going. Verse 3. Likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers that's spreading lies, or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, and to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Notice that last verse. Older men... Older women, you're supposed to live this way so that the word of God won't be maligned. Oh, if I live this way, people are going to think I'm backwards. Who who lives this way? This is how God's word has set out for us to live. We need to follow it. Do you want to please the culture or do you want to please God? That last verse... So that no one will malign the word of God. When we listen and obey God, God's word is honored. You are honoring it by not opening it up to needless controversy. When we don't listen, it's opened up to be maligned. Husbands, if you have an unbelieving wife, you're going you're to help win her to Jesus by loving her unconditionally. Wives, if you have an unbelieving husband, you're going to win your husband to Christ by by listening and being respectful to him. Oh, but he doesn't deserve it, okay? Your mission is bigger than your comfort. We're supposed to love one another. Jesus laid down his life for us. Can we not lay down our life for our own families? Are you honoring God's word by the way that you are living your life? Older men, are you temperate and honorable? Older women, are you reverent, teaching young women to respect the household as God has set it up? So, I heard a story from Skip Heids. He's a preacher out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He was talking about a county commissioner in Pittsburgh named Pete Flaherty. And I'm pretty sure this is not a true story, okay? But this guy, Pete Flaherty, is out with his wife one day, and he's like, you know, the guy in the suit. He's got nice hair, and he's the big wig county commissioner. And he's walking on a job construction site, and all of a sudden, out of the uh, job construction site, comes a man and says to Pete Flaherty's wife, Nancy, do you remember me? And Nancy blushes. He's like, Nancy, it's me. We dated back in high school. And Nancy's like, oh, that's sweet, you know, and she blushes and gives her regards and they walk away. And Pete Flaherty looks over at Nancy and says to her, if you would have married that guy, could you believe it? You would have been married to a construction worker. And then Nancy looks at her husband and says, no, if I would have married him, he would have been county commissioner, okay? The love of a wife can make a husband bloom. When you walk like God wants, people don't malign God's word. They respect it. Some will honor it. Your life becomes a testimony. You see how powerful testimonies can can work. People start to look at you and they start to see Jesus. Why do it God's way? Why do it his way? Well because our goal is to show people God and not ourselves. Are you a Christian or are you about yourself? What is who's the God in your life? Be a Christian if you're going to be a Christian. We're supposed to be showing God to other people. God's word strengthens your character so that when people see you, they see Jesus. Are you getting in the way? Of Christ showing through you.
0: Did this message draw you closer to God or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers.